Hello, everybody, and welcome to tw- episode 26 of High Character. Uh, the tournament is here. We are going to be previewing UMass's um, opening round of the NCAA tournament against Minnesota, team that we have not seen much of at all in UMass's history. My name is Cameron. I'm here with my good buddy, Evan. Evan, how you doing, man? Getting excited? Oh, yeah, definitely excited. A um, little nervous, frankly. Um, obviously not for the episode. I'm always ready to go for these. I'm always excited to record a nice pod episode. But, yeah, this game, a little, little nervous for, frankly. I mean, kind of doing a little bit of research before the pod just to kind of get a feeling out for Minnesota. And I'm, I'm not really liking what I'm seeing. Like, they're, they're a scary team. Like, obviously, coming in as a two-seed, we're not going to be playing anybody that's crappy at this point. Like, you know, every game is going to be a challenge. But some of the stuff I was seeing with this team was just very worrisome. Like, they are a very, very good team, at least stats-wise. You know, obviously, you know, eye test can't really say a whole lot about that because, frankly, haven't seen them play. But everything on paper is looking very proper for them thus far. So we can get right into it. Yeah, well, if you uh, if you listen to our last episode of High Character, you'd know that uh, UMass is three and zero in regional semifinal games in their history. So hey, that that has to make you feel at least a little decent. Oh but, yeah, no, definitely feeling good about that. But if we want to talk about streaks, um, Minnesota, barring their their uh, final conference championship game, they were riding quite the streak going into that game. So. We want to talk about streaks. We might not always be able to talk about UMass in a positive light. Yeah, so let's let's jump into Minnesota a little bit. They uh, are a member of the Big Ten Conference, um, not the top of the line, uh, definitely in college hockey, but not not bottom tier. Uh, they come in at 24, 12, and 0, 18, 6, and 0 in their conference. And like Evan was saying, they were running a very nice hot streak um before they lost to Michigan in the Big Ten tournament championship they had won nine in a row uh those wins came against Michigan State Ohio State Penn State and Wisconsin so uh some good opponents in there some bad but a nine game winning streak is uh unreal definitely a um sign of the good season that Minnesota's having but they they did lose their last game to another team that's that's in this tournament so yeah, and I mean that team is Michigan. Like yes. the like they are. I think they came in number one in the pairwise. Could have dropped to number two if they didn't duck that game against what was a Michigan Tech, maybe. But uh, that could be a whole separate pod episode. Obviously not related to UMass. But let's that let's was, touch on that when we preview UMass versus Michigan a little bit later. Sounds like a plan. That'll probably be for the Frozen Four. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll definitely talk about that. But um, yeah, no, this team's very solid. Like just kind of looking up and down their schedule, they had a very very solid strength of schedule. Like they had a couple games against Duluth, a couple games against St. Cloud. Um, obviously, like Notre Dame's in their conference, Ohio State's in their conference. I think they're both ranked as of right now in the top 20. Like, I think they got North Dakota too at some point. Uh, yeah, nope. They played against North Dakota as well. And obviously, Michigan is mm-hmm. basically the top team in the nation right now. So, a lot of good games um, against some really solid opponents on their schedule. And I mean, they dispatched a lot of them fairly handily. Like, Against Michigan alone, I think they had four games played and they split it 2-2 against the number one team. Like, that's that's fairly respectable. Yeah, that was uh, four regular season games and they went to two and three after the, the Big Ten tournament loss. Yep. But uh, I wish I wish there was more to compare with UMass. Michigan is the only opponent that they shared this year. Like we said, Minnesota was two and three and UMass was 0-2 oh against them. So 
really too small of a sample size to really judge um, compare the two teams together in terms of their opponents. But uh, both teams are definitely comparable in terms of pedigree and record this year. We'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously UMass coming in with a lot of postseason experience, not as much for this, this Minnesota squad, but we'll, we'll, we'll see if they get rattled. They do have a lot further to travel than UMass. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, the crowd's going to have to play an absolutely massive role. Like, we got to make sure that Minnesota's uncomfortable from the start. Like, obviously, they're going to be locked in, ready to go, as any team would with the stakes being this high. But, I mean, we're literally UMass playing in Massachusetts. Like, we got to let them know we're the home team in this. You know, obviously, yeah, it's a neutral site game, but you got to make it a different atmosphere than that. Like, got to have everybody in there screaming super loud. Like, just, you know, Minnesota might be feeling a little bit of a weird, like, you know, post-flight hangover, who knows? Like, I'm not sure how early they're going to get in, but we just got to make them as comfortable as or as uncomfortable as humanly possible in this series because that's going to be one of the keys to victory, in my opinion, is just feeding off the quote-unquote home crowd. I think it's fair to say without the quotes home crowd because if you yeah. were to look at the ticket site right now, uh, all the tickets in the UMass corner are gone for yeah. for Friday. So, if you're a UMass fan, you still don't have a ticket, buy up, buy up tickets in the extra enemy sections. We'll kind of just take over the whole building. I think that sounds like a good plan. Definitely. But uh, yeah, so we talked a little bit about Minnesota. Let's talk a little about a little, little bit about UMass. We talk about them all the time, obviously. Uh, they come into this one tw- 22, 12, and 2. They finished Hockey East play 14, 8, and 2. And obviously they won hockey East. They are the back-to-back hockey East tournament champions. They only gave up four total goals in the whole tournament in the, in the three games they played, which was pretty impressive. And this team is safe to say is running a little hot streak of their own. They seem to have caught fire at the right time. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the team overall, you know, playing very well, riding a very solid streak thus far. Um, Obviously, you wouldn't be able to win the Hockey East Championship without a pretty solid streak of at least three games. But um, it kind of seems like that disastrous end to the regular season has kind of just been brushed past us at this point. Um, this is definitely a much more forward-thinking team. You know, like we're just locked in, ready to go against whoever's in front of us at this point. And I'm not expecting this Minnesota team to be much of an exception. Um, yeah, we're just it's just a case of just, we got to be locked in, ready to go. Like got to compete. Like this is going to be one of those games, in my opinion, where if we outcompete Minnesota, we're, we're set. Like we just need to do everything that we were doing very well in the hockey playoffs, like selling out for blocking shots, like putting your body on the line, playing really hard in front of Murray, because this Minnesota team can score. Like they are an extremely solid goal scoring team. They have, skill up and down their lineup um not a bunch of like really high like high profile names at least from what I did at a glance um but everybody that's on that team is just extremely skillful and knows how to score and if we can limit them in that like area as much as humanly possible we'll be in really good shape because I think we can definitely score on this team like we've done well enough scoring in our games in the hockey's playoffs um but the highlight has been our defense across the past three games, like two goals, one goal, and then one goal in our wins. Like if we're able to do that against Minnesota, we're putting ourselves in an extremely comfortable spot going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And you say uh, 
our chances of, of scoring. Let's jump into the goaltenders that uh, are going to be playing in this game. Minnesota has kind of a different goaltender outlook that we've than we've seen this season. They have two goalies that pretty much split time perfectly during the regular season. Uh, Justin Close, who we think is going to be the, the starter on Friday, he played both of the Big Ten tournament games for, for Minnesota. He comes in with a 1.89 goals per game average and uh, 928 save percentage, which is really sparkling. Uh, but I think it should be said UMass hasn't really struggled too badly with um, pretty elite goaltending that they've faced all throughout the Hockey East tournament. Yeah, definitely. I mean, these numbers aren't a whole, you know, big departure from some of the goalies that we've seen thus far, like Savory, really solid season out of him. Jackson Stauber, really solid season out of him with very comparable stats. I think maybe slightly higher in the goals against average department, but basically right there in the save percentage. So they're definitely very comparable, um, you know, athlete stats wise. And we were able to get the job done against them. But um, yeah, it kind of seems like Minnesota is kind of having not the issue because it's obviously not an issue, but they had the, um, I guess the, the difficulty picking a goaltender, you know, kind of similar to how we did last year when we had obviously Lindbergh and Murray, like it kind of seems like they're following a similar suit of just having a one, a one B whoever's hot, just ready to go at any point. Um, but yeah, it looks like close is going to be the guy. Um, their other goalie who I guess you can call a backup at this point, but not really was Jack LaFontaine who I'm pretty sure was a Richter finalist last year. Like he had an unbelievable season last year, but clearly hasn't been able to get it done too much uh, this year. I mean, he's played a boatload of games, but his stats just haven't really been comparable to close. So looks like we're playing against close and he's, he's a damn good goalie. You know, we gotta, gotta be able to put some pucks in just play the way that we've been able to do, get tips out in front, screen the goalie, maybe Garrett Waite can drift in from the side again and <laughs> screen for Bobby Trevino from a nip at glove side again. Um, we'll see, but yeah. Yeah, and UMass has a damn good goalie themselves. Matt Murray comes into this game, 2.27 goals per game, uh, 9.19 save percentage, but he's really kind of been on a heater lately. I mean, I, I mentioned it before, he gave up four goals total across the three games they played in the Hockey East tournament, uh, all against really good opponents. So um, definitely have all the faith in the world in Murray, who will be playing in his uh, first ever regional game of his career. He played in one Frozen Four game, but uh, this is his, his second taste of that national stage. Yeah, I mean, I'm going off the top of my head here for the stats, but I want to say in the past three games, I think Murray's at like a 960 save percentage across the last three games. And I think he's sub, like, I wouldn't say sub one goal per game. I want to say it was like a 1.33 goals against average or something because four goals, three games, yeah. I don't know, quick, quick math. But um, yeah, he's been unbelievable in, the, in this past stretch. And I fully see him being able to kind of keep that streak going. Um, again, with all just the help overall from just the team in the defensive zone, like we're pretty much up, like one upping our shot blocking totals each game at this point. And obviously I don't want the boys to get hurt or nothing. Like, you know, you take one slap shot to the ankle, you might be done. So, but you know, cause I think that happened to Mercury at one point in the, in the hockey's final game, like he went into the tunnel, I think in the middle of the second period. So it's definitely not a case of, you know, wanting the guys to, you know, get injured or nothing, but we got to keep playing well in front of Murray to allow him to make the big stops when need be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's, let's jump in quickly to the leading scorers for each of these teams. So 
Uh, Minnesota has a pretty balanced um, offense. Like you, like you mentioned earlier, their leading scorer is Ben Myers, who's got 16 goals, 21 assists and, and 37 points. Do you have anything on that offense that Minnesota has got anything you could see from the stats? Um, very high shooting percentages, at least off of first glance. Like I want to let me pull it up real quick. Like they're shooting, um, 11% right now, like, which is pretty darn solid, but a lot of their top end guys are shooting like Ben Myers, almost 18%. Um, Sammy Walker, 17%, uh, Rhett Pitlick here, another, you know, 18%. Like those are really high. Um, and, you know, I guess for comparison, like Garrett Wade is shooting, I think like still 25%, like he's nuts, <laughs> but that's a little bit of an outlier. So yes. I think, you know, average, you're probably expecting to be shooting around 10% and a lot of their top end guys are shooting much higher than that, which is very scary. Yeah, definitely scary. But uh, Minnesota should also be scared of what they're looking at UMass, especially on that first line. UMass leading scorer, obviously, Bobby Trevino. I'm hoping we get to say that at least three three more times this year in these previews but uh his his numbers are crazy and his uh his eye test is crazy as well he's got 20 goals 28 assists for 48 points this year guys guys really making a case for that hobie 100 percent, bobby bobby t for hobie b i think all the cool kids are saying nowadays like we got a cam wearing the t-shirt might have to clip that in yeah but uh yeah um He's nuts. Like, I think I've been saying that exact wordage a lot because there's no better way to explain it. Like, that first line is just unreal. Like, Bobby plus 24 on the year. Um, Garrett Waite plus 16. Josh Lapina plus 21. Like, that first line, man, they're just unbelievable. And Bobby T is kind of the main guy that's keeping everything going there. There's 121 shots this, this season. Like, I, I think across most other previews that we've done, I haven't seen a single player shoot over a hundred. So, I mean, you can just tell a lot of the stuff is running through him and within good reason, like he's just that guy right now. There's, he's just amazing. And we're going to have to rely on that type of, you know, productivity to keep our frozen four dreams alive. I think. Yeah. Uh, we've been kind of asking for it all year. UMass never really fixed that problem of the spreading out the points from the first line. Uh, it's still uh, the vast majority of the points are from the first line. I guess we're just going to have to roll with that. Um, UMass, like the outcome of these UMass games is what the first line does. So if they can keep producing like they have been, like they did in the Hockey East playoffs and the whole regular season before that, UMass is in pretty good shape. If they can't get anything through, uh, danger territory for UMass, especially with that potent offense that Minnesota has. But uh, we shall see. Definitely, definitely trust in that group for them to get it done. Got four yeah, I mean, yeah, just to provide a little bit of context with those stats, I mean, basically looking at the plus minus, and obviously I'll be the first one to admit, plus minus is not the, the catch-all stat. Like, I think most hockey fans understand that. But, like, that first line, you know, again, 24, you know, plus 24, plus 21, plus 16, you basically drop down to the second or third line, like, there's guys like Keefe that are an exact zero. Same thing with those guys, though. Like, they're basically just not letting in a lot of goals, not scoring a ton of goals, which, you know, is not a terrible thing when you think about it. Like, as long as you're not a minus at that point, you're doing decent. You know, obviously, you want to be a plus as much as humanly possible, but that just really shows you how much that first line is just carrying us. Like, we, we've kind of said it a lot in previous episodes where it's like, this team's only going to go as far as the first line is going to take them at this point because – not many other groups have been stepping up to kind of replace that sort of scoring, but 
they just keep getting it done. Like there's, there's really just, you know, it's, we're, we're going to keep worrying about it until we can't worry about it anymore. You know, like they're, they've been the guys that have been stepping up because they're so skilled and they've just been able to be difference makers, but it's still scary. Like, you know, like it doesn't look great on paper, but if we keep scratching and clawing away for wins, like we do, we're just going to keep on rolling, you know, and we'll see how far that takes us, you know, in the natty now, like this is, this is where, you know, it kind of is all culminating to is kind of the, these, these next couple games and we'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah. This team basically goes by an equation and that's if, uh, if the points from the first line are greater than what Murray gives up, they usually have been good. And that is what they've been relying on uh, of late. That's for sure. All right. Are there any more, uh, any more thoughts you wanted to get out about this matchup? Anything, anything else you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I think a big thing against this team is going to be physicality. Like, I think it's going to be a case of really like, cause we didn't really do it a whole lot against um, like UConn and the likes of um, UMass Lowell. Like there wasn't, there was still a decent amount of physicality, but I feel like we need just one crazy hit, just something to get the crowd into it early. Like when we were talking to Jake Godet, like he was, you know, I remember, I distinctly remember, a couple of years ago, there was a game, you know, I think we might've been, you know, ranked number one might've been versus Quinnipiac or something. I don't remember exactly, but first minute or two of the game just absolutely lays the boom on somebody. And everybody in that game was locked in from that point onward. That's the type of energy we're going to need on Friday night, in my opinion, because there were times, you know, in the TD garden where we were getting out cheered on by the Lowell fans or the UConn fans, like they were just louder and more engaged. We need to, get that type of engagement from the jump and just, you know, cause we're going to have the numbers. Everybody knows that, but we need engaged numbers. And I think that starts with a lot of physicality and tiring out Minnesota because they, you know, it kind of seems like a lot of those Minnesota teams really have skill. And I think the hallmark of Carvel's teams has always been compete. And we need to be able to just compete and grind out a victory against this team. You know, if it, it's not going to look sexy, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be tough, but that's the way we're going to have to, you know, grind out a win in my opinion. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more with you. Um, these teams are, are pretty similar in certain aspects. They both have pretty good power plays. They're both over 20%. They both have really good face-off numbers, both over 52%. Um, one outlier that I saw was, Minnesota is a lot less disciplined than UMass is. And that kind of um, contributes to what you were saying about UMass having more of that compete uh, and more of that like hockey IQ, so to speak. So if you, if UMass can get under their skin a little bit, um, like you said, make a big hit, something like that. Uh, obviously they, they might already be on edge with it being a playoff game and um, them being essentially a road team, even though they got the higher seeds. So uh, anything UMass can do to rile this team up will be good. And I, th- I think I just like their chances. I, I really do. I think UMass is uh, starting to find it at the right time. And I, I have all the confidence in the world in this team. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, just to, just actually to leave it off for the last time here. I mean, we kind of saw that sort of um, ability to rile the other team up. Like we saw that against Lowell, I think like that Andre Lee penalty where it was just a blatant cross check to the back of Bobby, like, Bobby takes so much punishment 
And it's because he's able to one outskill you. So the players are already going to be upset about that. They're like, wow, this guy's making me look silly. I got to punch him in the face and show him what's up. Like that tends to happen a lot, but he's also just one of those guys where, you know, if, if he was on any other team, but UMass, I'd probably hate him. Like, let's be real. He's just that type of dude, you know, but we love him obviously because he's on UMass. He's our guy, but um, yeah, I mean, it's probably going to end up being a case of just trying to agitate them. I'm hoping, obviously I never want to see Bobby get cheap shotted, but if it leads to a power play, maybe it's a viable strategy at some point. Like that's going to be, you know, drawing power plays, I think against this team is going to be big because our power play has been very solid as of recently. So you know, obviously, if you can get any sort of advantage against Minnesota, we should be able to capitalize on it. And I think that just starts with being big and physical and just trying to throw Minnesota off their game as much as humanly possible and get them to be undisciplined. But that's it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely right there. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that's about all we have. If you are a, a betting person, I, I think you might want to take an alternate line for this game. UMass uh, in their last two seasons in the tourney has won each of their regional games by four goals, all four games. So hey, that's just a little inside information if, if you want it. Um, obviously unlikely with such a good opponent and such high stakes, but they've done it before. They could do it again. The, uh, the winner of this game will go on to play the winner of Western Michigan and Northeastern. So um be on the lookout for that if, if you have tickets to this game you can go to that first game but it's at noon so i imagine it's going to be tough for a lot of people to get out there but yeah i think any any closing thoughts yeah i guess the last thing is just that's a super weird time difference between the two games you have one game at noon and one game at six it's like i i understand like having to like clean the ice and stuff have a little bit of time in between but six hours is like well, I mean, I guess it's more going to be like two or three, obviously, from the end of the first mm-hmm. game to the start of the second. But, like, what do you do in Worcester? Like, I lived there for, you know, eight or so years in my youth, but can't really think of a whole lot of things to do around there. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't really seem like a, a crazy sort of, like, tourist destination. Like, there's just not really a lot of fun things in Worcester. I mean, maybe there's a couple bars around the DCU Center. I mean, I haven't been there in quite a while, but it just seems like such an odd time difference for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, this seems like an experiment from the NCAA that might not make it through to, to the next year. It seems very weird. Apparently, if you, you can go and leave and then come back with the same ticket, I, I think is how it's working. It's just something we haven't seen before. Uh, we'll see if it sticks, but I, I can't see that. But uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be in person at the, the pregame event that UMass is putting together. I don't know off the top of my head now what bar it's at, but uh, check our socials. We'll, we'll post something there. Uh, we're going to be there a couple hours before the game, kind of hanging out and waiting, waiting for the start of this one. I believe the game's at six. So uh, prepare for that on a Friday. That might be a little difficult, but like we said, we need to pack this place. We need to show, show Minnesota our home ice advantage, even though we didn't really do the work to get it. <laughs> it's just kind of, kind of happened how it did, but we got to take advantage of it for sure. Yeah. Um, it'll be, it'll be a big part of the game on Friday. All right. Other than that, thank you guys again for listening. We really hope this isn't our last preview. Uh, Don't think it's going to be, but uh, again, thank you guys for listening and supporting us as much as you do. Uh, Hope to see all of you in Worcester on Friday and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody.